Welcome to episode 10 of Yanks in Europe. That's right, double digits, you guys. The United States men's national team just wrapped up their second match of the international window. So we're, you know, one win, one draw, no losses. Can't complain about that. Dave and I are going to break down how the game went, kind of talk a whole of the two matches, what went right, what went wrong, and other things of that nature. But we'll get it started with the team lineup. David, what did you think of it? Yeah, um... For the majority, it was kind of the same. We were predicting a lot different. Um, there was a couple different changes. We'll just say um, we actually had a true number nine starting in this match, which proved to be a big deal for us. Obviously, uh, we, running that false nine against Wales was not ideal. Um, so we had Nicholas Giacchini starting up front with uh, Gio and Luisi's lanes on the, on the wings. Uh, the midfield was exactly the same. Tyler Adams in the number six position with McKinney and Musa up front. The fullbacks, Des moved over to the left. The hey, left back, Reggie Cannon, got the start at right back. And then our two center backs, Miazga stayed in. And then Tim Marine got a start at center back with and Stefan captain. again. Yeah, Tim Marine and captain with Stefan back in goal, which was um, we kind we kind of wanted to see Horvath potentially be in the game. He didn't really get any any play time. Um, but yeah, Stefan uh, got the second start up. So you know that's the lineup. Um, final score, USA scored six to Panama's two. So, I mean, it, it, the great score line, being able to score that many goals, obviously, in, in, in friendly, it doesn't matter which game it is. It's a, it's a great score line. Five of the six goals came from new guys into the team off this camp. So, we had Joe Reyna, who scored the first goal of the match uh, off his free kick low, hit it low to the right side it was kind of a keeper error honestly if if it's if it's a better keeper the keeper is going to stop it he it, it was kind of gifted to him but i mean a goal is a goal at the end of the day For uh sure. geo's first goal obviously that's wonderful um geo obviously carry, carries on his family legacy and the hit that that family is the first you know family to have three three people in immediate family play for United States men's and women's national team obviously his dad played for the men's his mom played for the women's team and now geo's you know, uh, keeping the family tradition going right now. Dad, captain, uh, two uh, World Cup sides, so. Yeah, two World Cup sides. So, yeah, Gio has a lot to – his dad's arguably one of the, the best players in national team history, so Gio has a lot to live up to, but he, he's doing wonderful right now. Um, Giacchini, we actually had a, a striker start this game. Uh, he, he got goal goal two and goal three for us. Um, first goal came off of Gio, ran a shot coming down the right flank. Uh, keeper saved it. Could have done better falls right into Giacchini's lap and pretty much uh, not a complete tap in, but he right in front of goal wasn't going to miss it. Um, now his second goal, um, I don't, you want to talk about that? And I, uh, that was just a great play. <laughs> that uh, entire play was just, I think, I ridiculous. think that was the goal match for me. I, oh, think, for that, sure. I think that was even if it didn't get scored, it would have been the best combination of anything that we played the entire time. Um, yeah. You know, it starts off with Dest, who I had messaged you during the game. I thought was pretty much playing left wing, not even yeah. left wing back. This dude is starting at left back and was, how many times is he inside the 18 um, yeah, it's, it's on attacking? Ridiculous. So, Same you know, Bridget Cannon on, oh, on the yeah, right. I mean, for sure. this, they, that, we'll get to his how, performance, but he was great. That's as what well. Bill Halter wants to do. He wants the fullbacks playing up that high. Yeah, so. but we might, I mean, We'll we'll get into it maybe a little bit later, but if the fullbacks are going to play that high against uh, teams who are far superior to Panama, um, maybe we need a third center back and a, you know one less midfielder. But we'll talk that later. Um, but you know it starts with Dest on the wing, uh, doing his little fancy footwork that he's been doing for uh, all of his time at Ajax and now at Barcelona, uh, laying the ball off to uh, Adams, and Adams does a nice little through to um, to McKinney that kind of his McKinney's run came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. 
in uh, honestly. He started I, central and ran left. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't kind of see the diagonal. run. I didn't see the opening. Uh, usually, yeah. like when you're watching these games, you can kind of spot that opening. Yeah. This is one that I like. I don't know how he saw it, but um, you know, Adams slides him the perfectly weighted pass. Any more, and it's pro or any less, it's probably intercepted. Any more, it's definitely out of bounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and McKinney chips it into Miazga, who was still up there from a set piece. You know, so they were going all attacking on this entire possession. Yeah. Uh, to have the center back uh, just outside of the six yard box and he heads it right across uh, for an, uh, they called it a diving header during the uh, commentary. I wouldn't call yeah. it so much, um, but it was, you know, a powerful header from Giochini who got himself another goal in this in the, uh, in the first half and was looking for a hat trick, but uh, didn't get it, David. Yeah. That the penalty was probably the worst thing he, and you know, probably not, the best thing he did in that game. Um, he honestly, you know, it looked like he shot it right down the middle of the goal. I don't know if he thought the keeper was, uh, you know, going to dive the other way. Um, he honestly didn't look confident. And yeah, it looked like shot. he was waiting for a lean from the keeper and never got yeah. it and then just hit um, it. Which is unfortunate because you, you want him, uh, you understand why he's taking the penalty because um, you want him to get that hat trick, obviously having the two goals in the first half. He deserved to be able to get a chance at that uh, penalty. Um, Come to find out, he's never taken a penalty kick, uh, not even for his club. He's never – so, I mean, it, it, it's no surprise that that happened. He's yeah. never had penalty kick opportunities. I know the commentators are saying, you know, yeah, actually after the replay, after you see him shoot the ball and the keeper saves it, you see Gio Rana in the background just kind of throw his hands up like, really, dude? Like right down the middle? You, you know, um, so you definitely expect Gio Rana to be uh, taking that penalty kick next time. Yeah, he definitely wanted the ball. Um, but, you know, it shows a little bit of leadership for Rana knowing that uh, Gio Gini was close to a hat trick. Uh, on a hat trick, exactly. It let, him, uh, let him take the shot. I mean, is Gio, Gio Gini ever going to score a hat trick for the United States men's national team? I'd bet my money on no. Um, yeah. So, you know, give him that, uh, that, tech, that opportunity there was nice of him. Um, you, just kind of a stat to go with it. The United States has missed four out of their last eight uh, penalties. So 50% from, uh, from there is crap if you know uh, how penalties should be taken. Um, yeah. You know, it's and it, we, we say Reyna should be the one taking them. Reyna is a 17-year-old or 18 now who doesn't have that much uh, experience with them either. You know, he's playing for Borussia Dortmund who they know mm -hmm. who's taking their penalties game in and game out. Um, yeah. And I honestly, going off of their roster, I would probably put Reyna outside of the top five on people that I would pick to take a penalty kick. Um, exactly. So, you know, we, we don't really, we, we've never had a guy, at least in the last decade, who I'm just like, penalty kick, that's him. He's taking him. Maybe Dempsey. Maybe. Um, Dempsey, that would have been my guess. Clint but the Dempsey. only one that I can think of, like, yeah, there's probably guys who were taking it for their MLS clubs, but if they were playing anywhere else, they wouldn't be taking them. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say Clint Dempsey because he, yeah. he was proven. He was just he was a finisher, and I would definitely yeah. say Clint But you don't Dempsey. disagree, right? He's the only one that that I would be like penalty yeah, I mean, taker. There's, there's some other guys that you could put on a list, but Clint Dempsey would be at the top of the list. Yeah. I, I would think. But uh, we'll, let's talk about you know how, how do you, how we thought Stefan did, how we thought the defense played. Obviously, giving up that goal um, in, with in the eighth minute of the match was not great. Um, to where Miazga and Ream seemed like they there was just no communication. Yeah, runner exactly. He, practically, he just made a run right between them. Looked like Miazga was caught too far up. Reem was too far back, and I mean, it's a wide open header. Mm -hmm. um, Stefan couldn't do anything. Um, it it it, that, it sucks, especially when stuff's happening like that. To where there's this wide open runner in the box, wide open header. There's no Stefan wasn't going to save that. Hold that. Best keeper in the world is not going to save that. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, it, it's it, a wide open. On Panama sure. side, it, it was a great header too. I mean, right into mm -hmm. the top right corner. So I mean, it, it's untouchable. But it was just it was just bad all around for the center yeah, backs. And I think. 
a, a big a big thing with that is I think if John Brooks is in there, that there's no goal. I think John Brooks yeah. it will be able to communicate better, and Brooks either would have followed that, or he you know there would have been better communication to where that would have been covered. Mm-hmm. So there's with, a couple different angles of of this that I was kind of looking at. First yeah. off, um, the the man crossing it in mm-hmm. uh, with our wingbacks up as far as they are it was argumentative whether this was the wingbacks man or a midfielders man to guard um so then you you're there's already screw up number one from this goal is that the man who sends in and gets the assist cannon was too far up so yeah cannon was too far up so you would think that yeah and who was playing redmond mckinney so you would think maybe that should be mckinney's man um so you know but but then you say okay so a midfielder that's his man when we have a defender no um so it kind of depends on what you want to take a view there and Mm -hmm. so then you've got is Miazga is kind of sliding over to make sure he's got that continued if he continues running Mm -hmm. uh and then you just end up with this wide open gap between two center backs that the striker takes his opportunity you know sees his opportunity and takes it yeah, as a professional great, great goal. Yeah, great, great goal. I mean, uh, another issue was there was another runner behind Tim Marine. So I understand why Tim did not fully commit to it. I mean, mm-hmm. he probably should have. Obviously, you want to you want to block off the closest guy to to the goal, obviously. Um, but there was another runner behind Tim, and, and it was the same reasoning with Cannon being out of position. Des was also up, so I mean, yep. obviously Des was running back trying to get back in position, but. If there was two runners, one between Miazga and Reem, and then one behind Reem. So it, it, they were just in a bad spot. They, it, yeah. The U.S. just got caught in a counterattack, and it's just because that's just the way they were playing. They were just and playing so attacked. this is, again, like I said earlier, if maybe there's a third a center back. back there. Yeah, maybe, maybe you run a five-back to where you have three That three ball's not backs. even played if there's a third center back there because no, he's right yeah. in the middle where the guy's exactly. running. Exactly. Um, so it's – I'm sure it's something that um, Berhalter, that Berhalter yeah. is going to think of, you know, do we need Musa, Adams, and McKinney? Can one of them not well, be there so that we have a third yeah. center back? Or is there a mm-hmm. three center back pairing that we even like? There might not, that might not exist. We don't know. Or, or, or you just run a three back and just have uh, Cannon and Des outside on the um, playing outside on uh, the midfield. Full on mids. Yeah. mids. Just like, so you keep the same midfielders and then you have, uh, you know, Dest and Cannon on the outside. So kind of mm-hmm. run like five mids where you have like a cam. Our, our CDM, two center mids, and then a left and a right. Yeah, mid. but but you know that would lead Adams into playing something that I don't necessarily think he wants he wants to do. And you know we call him a box to box midfielder. In that mm-hmm. situation, he won't be a box to box midfielder. He'll be much more. He won't go very much past midfield. I think in a in a setup like that, he'll be yeah yeah know, in, in, to the center back. And I, I think we want him on the ball and things like that. Yeah. Berhalter's um, gonna have a lot to think about. I mean, there's so many formations that we could possibly run with this squad with the with the caliber yeah. players that we have. So it'll be interesting to see what we uh, what he has in the now, future. Now, you, I just have one one uh, defensive question: Is it a good thing or a bad thing that Sergio Dest is our best left back and our best right back? It's a bad thing because he definitely is. If no, like definitely, um, so the first and he's be- he's better match. at left back uh, on yeah. this lineup. Yeah. Um, so the Wales match was the first time he got to start on the right side. Um, he is right footed. So you ideally you would want to try to have him on the right side um, so he can play those crosses in right footed. Mm-hmm. But honestly, um, seeing Cannon play compared to seeing Robinson, I mean, there's no, 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 you know, harm with, you know, Robinson, Robinson played good, but there was definitely some times on the ball to where he, he got pressed into turning the ball over a few times in the first half, and he was obviously left out of position, and that's when Wales got their best opportunity mm-hmm. against us. I think Cannon overall played a lot better of a game than what Robinson had played. So if, 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 if your idea is, you know, 
Cannon's the better uh, choice than having yeah, Robinson like, playing. Who's your, who's your best on, second defender? Because exactly. you're going to play Des one of them. Des proves that he can play on the left and the right. It doesn't matter. He's going to be effective either way. He's just that good of a player. We're close to arguing if Dest is our best defender or is Brooks. Like we're, yeah. I think it, we're the, about there. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just Dest is our best wing back, period. We're lucky he can play both. And now we have yeah. to figure out who we're going to start on the other one. Yeah. And, and, and it's tough. Um, Obviously, Tim Ream, uh, Tim Ream gets the start. Uh, he's in camp. Most likely, he won't be on some team. I mean, he might get a, a get a call next year for maybe the Gold Cup or for the you know uh, Nations League games and all. Yeah. I, I think when it gets into World Cup qualifying, maybe he gets called into the roster. But I, I really you know wouldn't see don't see him playing with Miazga, with Brooks, with Aaron Long, uh, potentially uh, McKenzie out of the MLS, um, Chris yeah. Richards obviously. Uh, there's a lot more, you know, younger talent um, than Tim Ream. Uh, but Tim Ream's still a good choice, especially with him being older, having more experience to teach. Yeah, the there, there's going to be a lot of games, um, like as we've said. So. A lot, a lot of games. There will be a lot of different squads within the next year. That because they can't, they can't continue. The same, yeah, no, the same players are not going to be able to play in the Gold Cup and play in the Olympics and play in the nation. Like, the, it's, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. And if you well, watch- The clubs won't allow and if you watch the Fox News broadcast, as they said multiple times, uh, you know, I would like to really put a squad out there for the Olympics because I think that that would be like kind of how when Brazil won the Olympics and it was this big lift yeah. off that like they really needed because they had mm-hmm. like, I want to say they hadn't won anything in a while. They hadn't won anything since the yeah, 2002 I mean, World Cup. So shut up. But, yeah. you know, like we haven't done anything spectacular in uh, yeah. as a far as winning trophies. And that could be something. Yeah. That, especially like, with our squad, you know, majority of these players being so young, the Olympics mm-hmm. is under 23. But so, it's I mean, not a FIFA recognized tournament. Exactly. And so because of that. don't have to. Exactly. And because of that, we could potentially see some of these players at the big time clubs not being permitted to leave because it's not yeah. a FIFA, you know, regulated, which we in return we could probably see um the likes of Giacchini again or Sebastian Soto or yeah. you know a bunch of more of the MLS guys um compared to the guys that we have in Europe and the bigger clubs but well like um, I consider our players in the MLS to be a little bit on the older side that the ones that I look at as coming into play like Aaron Long's not that young um yeah. so uh, I don't know about they might get aged out I look at like the Olympics as you know we have plenty of players who are in developmental stages like they're under 19 and they're playing in europe for arsenal or for wolverhampton and these kind of players might be on the yeah, look yeah, for yeah, the potentially olympics yeah um so let's transition to the midfield uh yeah. obviously we had the trio the same trio from the wales game the rest of mckinney tyler adams and Giannis musa how, how do you think they uh they, they went how do you think so, they played in this match I don't think there, there's not a whole lot to say about Adams and McKinney. They're going to go out there and they're going to do the exact same thing every game. And it's perfect. It's what we need. It's what our midfielder, uh, like yeah. what, you know, if you watch uh, the Red Bull player, if you watch Juventus play, or if you watch Schalke play last year with McKinney, we know what to expect from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of got on, um, I got on Alexi Lawless a little bit for, uh, you know, saying, Oh, these players stocks went up. Um, no, they didn't. Their stocks are all the way. They're, um, they're not in danger of losing a spot or gaining anything. You know, Adams and McKinney are there. Musa, on the other hand, played an, a huge 75 minutes once again um, and is just proving the pedigree that he has, that he's earned at Valencia. Um, I don't know how many times he took the ball just out of our defensive 18 and just went forward and just yeah. like 
found the open man or played a little trickery to get even more open. It was, it was really wonderful to watch him play. He turns 18 next month. So it's just another young guy that we have, um, you know, to use in the midfield. And I kind of want to hear your thoughts on him, but no complaints. And Um, he was spectacular. uh, Yeah. um, Tyler Adams is like, we've mentioned after the Wales game, he's locked down that number six position. I don't see any of him turning back. He's going to be that number six, the CDM, the holding mid for us. That's going to come back to the center backs, get the ball and distribute it to Weston McKinney and whoever else he has beside him. Um, Musa Musa played another great game. Um, it's great to see him out there uh, playing with a bunch of our young talent in the on the national team right now. Obviously, he's you know he hasn't chosen what he wants to do. Um, it's probably going to be a little while before he you know officially chooses. We won't know until year. March probably. Potentially next year. Yeah, next March is probably when we're going to hear something because it's going to be obviously he can play for England, he can play for Italy, United States. Um, so there, he has options. Uh, but from from what it looks like, he's been having a fun time. He's enjoying playing with our players, giving him quality minutes. You can definitely see. I could see Tyler Adams, McKinney, and Musa being the center mids for the next 10, 15 years for the United States. Like it, it's going to be incredible having make all three of them playing to, together. They're all around. You know, within the five year gap, you know, McKinney's twenty two, Musa's seventeen, Adams is like twenty one, I think. Mm-hmm. So they're all relatively young. Um, Musa really impressed me again. Like he said, the whole stock up, stock down. McKinney and Adams, their stock's already up. Like they're all there's there's no going up. They're an unsellable no stock, man. They're there. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're they're there. Like <laughs> there's no going anywhere. Um, Musa stock definitely. I mean, he he's good, but you know, for people who really have not been able to see him play this match and the match last Thursday, just shows how good of a talent he is to where he can take the ball by himself from, like you said, the defensive half and just carry it by himself through the whole mid all the way into the attacking half and, you know, lay off a good pass. I don't, there, there was at least four to five times to where I just saw him draw a foul because he would beat oh, one or two guys and then the third person would just tackle him because they, they couldn't stop him. Yeah. He, he's fast. He's only, I mean, he drew the, he drew the foul that set up yeah. the first goal of the game. Exactly. The, yeah. And, but I mean, he, he, he has speed, he has size and he's, he's strong and he knows how to use his body. There are multiple times where you can see him use his body to buy, get someone off the ball continue on his run i mean moose has been great uh and i definitely definitely want him to choose the united states national team because that that trio of midfielders is just going to be a wonderful thing to watch yeah for sure and this is like you know i was reading a lot of um a lot of things on social medias about uh you know countries besides the united states being like really confused about why you're getting excited that some player is just like on a friendly squad you know england doesn't yeah. doesn't have this happen because nobody's like uh do i want to play for england or like you know they, they never have that kind of situation and yeah. the united states throughout you know its history and um in soccer has has had players who have had dual citizenship and have been thinking on you know do i want to go and try and build build up something at the united states or go for this team with pedigree we saw the same thing with Serginho Dest um yeah. I think he would have excelled for, for the Netherlands um, oh yeah he would have started but, I mean you know, wherever he went yeah and you know I I think you know how I think on the Netherlands national team I think if they would have had the Euros this year they probably would have won it um mm-hmm. but you know him picking us instead um hopefully doing the same thing with Musa like it, yeah. this happens to us sometimes and it it's great for us because it's just players who have that European pedigree that are already playing over there saying you know what screw it yeah i'm gonna play for the united states team my dad's from there my mom's from there and this is what i want to do and i want to make them proud and i was born there while my mom was on vacation yeah literally that's a thing (laughs) (laughs) so you know we'll we'll take what we can get um and we're lucky that 
to have a chance at having a player like Musa on this yeah, squad. But, um, go go to ahead. Stay, yeah, with, to stay in the midfield, uh, let's, you know, we can talk about the two subs, obviously. Uh, Tyler Adams went out. Uh, Johnny came back in. Second game in a row, Johnny subs in for Adams to play that number six role. And then uh, Musa goes out and uh, Legette got subbed in, uh, I believe, probably the 78th, 77th minute Legette. Mm-hmm. Um, he also did score a goal. So for all those uh, MLS fans right there who were – and the people that were complaining about the false nine, legit. Like I said, he's a good player. He he was out of position. He didn't. The striker position is you know what affected him. But he came in. Reggie Cannon played a beautiful cross to the front post, and legit had a wide open header for a goal. Um, so like I mean, no complaints. He's like something, he was on the field twelve minutes, and you score a goal. I mean, there's nothing else. I mean, that, that's you know. Great yeah, you come on and you, you you come play midfield and you score a goal in a twelve minute appearance. Yeah, um, so that doesn't I mean, happen like often. Said, no, so uh, like the jet and I and I expect to see the jet in some more squads definitely coming into twenty twenty one. Obviously, Johnny Johnny played well, uh, subbing in for Tyler Adams, play, uh, played real good defensively, getting some stops, possessing the ball, uh, making some good passes. So Johnny had another good performance. Uh, it's good to see him get subbed in on both of those matches and getting him some playing time because potentially he could be that backup to Tyler Adams to where, or maybe if, if we need another center defensive mid instead of, you know, McKinney and Musa who are, you know, they're box to box midfielders, but they have more of an attacking presence than Tyler Adams to Johnny. So maybe if you need, like, if you're holding on to a lead and need another center defensive mid to come in, you sub in Johnny. Um, and I think he, he played real well. Um, so that, that's it for the midfields. Uh, let's talk about uh, how we, how the front uh, three did for us and the substitutes. So the front three, we we had to start our front three, and we got three goals from our front three. Like, yeah. perfect. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we said already, Giochini got his two goals. He um, had his little opportunity with his penalty, but we'll, I don't want to dive too much into that. It happens. Nope. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it happens. Um, you know, his, uh, his first goal, Poacher's goal, this is um, – the type of striker goal that I love to see personally. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all about positioning. Oh, it's the right place at the right time. It's reading the game. It's seeing that that defender's at a spot and you know, the, the shots coming from here. So if the defense, if the keeper blocks it, I know that the ball is going here. It's all those things that you need to see out of a straight number nine um, that the United States has been lacking for a little bit. Um, as much as people complained about it from the Wales game, we had it today and it showed throughout the match. Um, I love these type of goals. I know people will say, oh, these are tap-ins. These are easy goals. Um, these are what create, um, you know, momentum. This is what turned Chicharito into what he became. Uh, you know, Fernando Torres, Diego Costa, all of these strikers, this is their bread and butter, and this is what gets them going and what gets them confidence, and it just skyrockets from there. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to France and has, you know, a heck of a month for the rest, you know, for the rest of November and part of December. Yeah. Um, so we got our two from him, and obviously we got our we got our uh, opening goal from Reyna, which was a lovely free kick. Um, mm-hmm. That, like you said, maybe the goalie should have stopped it, but uh, I'll take what I can get, especially. Yeah, you, it's a, at the end of the day, it's it's his first goal for for the national team, so he's going to take it. Obviously, I mean, if it's a better opponent, most likely gets saved, uh, but a goal is a goal. Um, and the whole thing with you know Giacchini with his first goal, people are like, oh, it's a tap-in. First, you got to be in place to get a tap mm-hmm. in. So, like that, and that's part of being the number nine, being the striker, knowing where to be. Like you said, like there, there's no tap in if you're not in the right position. Like you still have to make the run. You still have to put yourself in a good position. Quick question: If you score from thirty yards or from two yards, does it count any different? 
No, it's, no, no it's I was one goal. Say it's goal. It's, it's one goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not. It's, there's no three point shot. <laughs> it's not like it's not like basketball to where if you're you know behind a certain yeah. distance, it's a, it's more. No, I mean if you shoot from midfield, tap it in right on the goal line. It's 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 one goal. Um, so his positioning was great. Um, obviously his second goal was wonderful. The whole the whole setup for that second play was wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. when Miazga headed it back across and he put his body on the line because it looked like a defender was going to touch it and he mm-hmm. jumped in front of a defender and that's right goal hungry the, and that's just some, it, it was, another it thing was you a great. Get out of striker and the, like I said the tap in kind of creates that that mm-hmm. oh they're seeing the ball and just going after yeah, it. Who it, knows if and, he even goes for he, that header? Like said, if he he was just score. in position, yeah, and he was in position for that too because when McKinney saved it across the line, you just see him standing in the middle. He sees Miazga get the ball, so he takes a step back and tries to get in position because he knows Miazga was about to try to play it back to him. So I mean, it was a wonderful goal. Um, obviously, we had the substitutes. We had uh, Gio Chini come off. We had Sebastian Soto come in. Gio Reyna went off for who came in uh, for Reyna? My boy Ledesma. Yeah, Ledesma, and then we had uh, Timothy Weah. Uh, he got a solid thirty minutes in this match. So the whole front three went out and a new front three. Um, my boy Sebastian Soto, who I've been talking about this whole time, you know, during during the podcast, multiple episodes, I've talked, you know, how highly of him. Uh, he gets brought in what the seventy seventh minute and scores two two goals in uh, thirteen minutes. Um, yeah. So uh, both headers, uh, both both assists came from the same person. Your boy Ledesma, Richie Ledesma. Um, wonderful. I'm not crosses. Dutch, by the way. I just speak really highly yeah. of the Netherlands o- team. Opa, his crosses were wonderful. Going on over there? Yeah, I mean, it, and the thing was when Ledesma came on, he was first starting on the left wing, and and Way was on the right. And at some point, they swapped. Mm-hmm. They swapped. That's when the goal started happening because Ledesma played in that cross to the front post to Sebastian Soto, header right on the front post. Beautiful run, beautiful. The cross is beautiful. Um, yeah, beautiful header. And then obviously in the 90th minute, it kind of when you're watching the game, it kind of looked like you couldn't tell if it was a goal at first because it's oh, just at the, the angle. The commentators thought it was behind. Yeah, the net. No, but yeah, the commentators were like, "Oh, that's behind the, behind the net." And I, I was watching. It, I'm like, "No, I'm pretty sure that went in." And that was just another beautiful cross by Ledesma to the back post to where the keeper was caught in no man's land. And Sebastian Soto is just there right on the spot again to head it right into the back post. And he, um, if for those of you who have played and understand coaching and what they tell you to do with headers, he headed down, it straight down. Hard, hardened down. Yeah, the down hardened, like, to the ground. The hardest to block, and that's exactly what he did, and it snuck in the post, and he's got his second goal of the game. And 2014 World Cup, what did John Brooks do on his header? Straight down. <laughs> yeah, straight down to the ground and just move right up into the top corner. Yeah, it was, that, I mean, that's what you're taught to do, and it, that's great. I mean – I know uh, Giacchini was voted the man of the match. I know um, I did see that come out about, you know, like 20, 30 minutes after the match. He was voted the man of the match with the mm-hmm. two goals, almost a hat trick. I, I agree. I'll give that to him. I also think Sebastian Soto did great for his 12 minutes. Um, he has, what, one cap and two goals now? Yeah. Yeah, and one cap is 12 minutes off the bench, and he scored two, two goals. Uh, Rich, Richie, uh, your boy, two assists in 12 minutes. Great. And, Cannon and was fantastic. Thing. I, I and, that's and a big two, one. And those two are linked up because they they were in the, they were part of that U twenty uh, World Cup roster that we mm-hmm. talk about from twenty nineteen. Same thing with Timothy Weah. He all, that was the front three for like the last 10, 15 minutes of the match, and that that front yeah. three came from that U twenty World Cup roster. Obviously, Chris Richards was on the field. He got some time on the defense too. Um, but overall, as a team, def even before we got scored on in that eighth minute, I mean, we, we were the first, you know, we, we were doing well in that, in that first, you know, 10 minutes until obviously mm-hmm. that goal that it was just real tragic. But I think that goal was definitely a wake up call. Berhalter did say that in the post-match uh, press conference. He was like, yeah, when that goal happened, that was kind of a wake up call for the team. After that goal, 
they dominated the rest of that first half. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was great soccer to watch. I mean, you could just see possession-wise, passing-wise, just skill-wise, they completely dominated. And obviously, you mm-hmm. could tell because we went from one goal down to going up 3-1, uh, heading into halftime with the Gio Reno goal and the two Nicholas Giacchini goals. Um, second half, though, kind of came out flat. Do you, you want to talk about that? How, yeah, you know? I, I really do. I, I think um... – Obviously, we were going to keep on holding possession. That's just like how this team is set up. And mm-hmm. with, we were pretty much playing a two-back for most of it with Destin Adams. Yeah. I mean, with Destin <laughs> Cannon all the way forward as well. So that's and, just and, more open men to pass to. So you expect the north of 60% possession, which is what we had. Um, yeah. But we didn't do as much with it in the first mm-hmm. roughly 30 minutes of yeah, the it, second it, half. It was honestly, Panama had controlled the first 30 minutes of the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw, the, I think, the halftime possession stats. I think we had 73% at halftime. Um, so they brought we, it down we, to We ended the game with 60%. Yeah. And before that last 15 minutes, I, I honestly think Panama had probably had 80% of the possession within like that first 30 minutes. I mean, we, they, they were on the ball the whole time. We were kept getting caught out of positions, fouling them. Um, it looked like the guys were getting tired, kind of how like the Wales match went um, mm-hmm. in the first match to where the second came out in the second half. Uh, obviously, we're trying to chase the ball and press, but you, the players are going to get tired. It looks like that potentially could have been it again. Especially but, with the travel and just having exactly, like we had but, uh, several of these players started the last game. Mm-hmm. It's it's a friendly match, but it's a CONCACAF match. Uh, that's yeah. going to be that's the type of team you're going to play in CONCACAF. They're going to be, yes, they're going to be less superior than you skill wise. But they're not going to be afraid to put a body on. You. Oh no! They're, they're going to put you on the ground. They'll they'll put an elbow into your back. They'll they'll tackle you and fall down, and they'll make sure to give you an elbow in, in the stomach. Like they're going to mm-hmm. make sure to do anything they can to get away with it. Um, just to you know get you maybe next time you go in for the ball, you might back up because you you know you don't want to you know mm-hmm. you don't want them hitting you again or kicking you in the back of the leg or something like that. <laughs> and, and if I, I can uh, just. I'm sorry about my hate for Alexi Lawless, but him calling them, uh, you know just like inferior opponent that we were playing today. I know we won 62. They mm-hmm. are not an inferior opponent. This is a team who made the last world cup. We yeah. did not make the last world cup. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's to say who has been better over the last, you know, three or four years, technically one of yeah. us was in the world cup and one of us was not and it's Panama. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and plus the squad's a brand new squad. Like it's not like the squad's been playing together for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. four of these guys have not played together. And, you know, they've had two games now, and it's a great performance. Yeah, it's great to see six goals, but on the downside, you give up two goals. The first goal, unexplainable. Uh, obviously, the two center backs out of position. But the second goal, because uh, they, they, they got us a two to three um, mm-hmm. with about 15 minutes left in the match when they scored, that, when they scored their second goal. Um, and that was just – match was up for grabs, <laughs> which is yeah. running. You know, with a, a you know, 6-2 scoreline, you didn't think – you, no, you think, wouldn't uh, think it was close, but it was 2-3 to three with 15 minutes left in the match. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, we brought in those last set substitutes to where both Sebastian's legit scored and Soto obviously got the two, the two goals to put it away. Um, That's an excellent moment of strategic and coaching and stuff from, um, um, from Berhalter yeah, that we need Berhalter, to see yeah. for – I, I don't need to see. I know what kind of manager he can be, and I've you know we've seen what he can do in the MLS and things like that. But yeah. for the fans who think, oh, an MLS manager doesn't shouldn't be coaching this team and things like that, yeah. having those three goals after the substitute it exactly. can help that having, uh, having, boost. Yeah, having both of them come in in like the 78th minute, and then both of those substitutes end up scoring a goal just makes you look great as a manager. Uh, having both of those guys come in and score goals. Um, and you, when, when you're talking about, you know, the whole Excel thing and they're talking about the stock up, stock down stuff, I mean, stocks up, 
obviously Nicholas Giacchini, uh, stock went way up. Um, you know, heading into this camp, you know, most people didn't even know who he was. So he, you know, he wasn't even on someone's radar. Maybe, maybe if you look on the striker depth chart, he might be seventh, sixth, seventh. Maybe I could see him now potentially being up. You know, maybe the third option, maybe the fourth option. We don't know obviously, who our one is now. So. No, we don't. And I don't think. Uh, obviously, you would say Josh Sargent's your number one, but with him not playing in this camp, I think that definitely hurt him and affected him because Giacchini and Soto both took, um, you know, took this. Opportunity. opportunity yeah great and did well they both came out with two goals that's definitely going to help both of them you and when it comes to the number nine position yeah you got josh Sargent, now you got giacchino you got soto but you, you also got the guys in the mls i mean is you know you still got josie obviously he's older you got zardes and he's zardes but at the end of the day zardes scores goals too um so i mean you got a lot of guys and obviously you got daryl dk out of orlando city to where mm-hmm. i think he potentially could be the number nine um within the next year or two i mean he, he and there's he plenty of players whole, man uh, plenty of players to where you you don't know and it's just great to see giacchini and soto take you know uh, their opportunity and do the best with it and score goals i mean i definitely think both both of them came out of this game with their stock higher than anybody else did now did anybody's stock go down um I, I want, let's not say from this game um i kind of want to bring it into an overall consensus of the two matches yeah and i i love uh anton robinson but if anybody's went down it might have been his yeah because I, 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 obviously he got the start against wales to where you know he's been playing great at fulham but he, he was cut out of position one too many times obviously wales got their best opportunity when he was out of that position um, when Stefan had to come to save the day, um, he he turned the ball over a few too many times in that first half, and as a result, he gets benched. And Reggie Cannon uh, gets the start for this match, and I think Cannon played excellent. I think Cannon's performance was definitely better than Robinson's performance. I could say, yeah, his definitely went down. Miazga didn't play terrible, but nothing to impress me. I think yeah, uh, I over agree. the two games, he played a full ninety minutes, and then obviously he played seventy five minutes this match. It, it was nothing to impress, really. The problem Obviously, there can't. is that I think he's probably, in the eyes of our coaching system, our number two. Two center back behind. So yeah, behind he's John a starting Brooks. center back in the eyes of them at the moment. So I don't know if his stock necessarily I mean, you gotta think go down. Maybe him, may, maybe Aaron Long out of the mm-hmm. MLS with the New York Red Bulls, who yeah. could potentially be that number two center back. But it, I, I think it's definitely a drop off in talent when it, come, when it goes to Brooks, although you know, then you're looking at Miazga and Long. I still think Chris Richards has a little more time. I think if you give him another year or two, maybe potentially heading into that World Cup in 2022, Richards might be ready by then to take over that second center back role. Um, but he, he's definitely going to get more opportunities too um, with him being so young and obviously playing over there in Bayern Munich with you know the best club in, in Europe and the world right now. Yeah. Um, um, it's, it's, I, you know, with the stock up, stock down, I, does Horvath have a stock? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, he didn't even get to see the field. Um, when you look at it, Seth Stefan did not have a save in this match until probably the 83rd minute, which is nothing against him because both of the two goals that happened were not his fault. It was just on the defense. Mm-hmm. It, w- it was bad, bad defending on that first goal, and the second goal was just bad defending again to where everybody thought the player was offsides, and you literally see Miazga and Reem and everybody stop and hold their hand up thinking that they're offsides. And the guy just dribbles right through and scores a goal, like yeah. un- uncontested. There, there's no VAR. Like, y- y'all knew there was no VAR in this match. So it doesn't matter if you think someone's offsides. You play to the whistle. I mean, and, and that's probably a thing that Berhalt is going to say, like, look, like, there's no VAR. They can't go back and, you know, change their mistake. Like, if you know there's nothing there, 
if you're seeing a ball, even if you think someone's offsides, go, go to defend that. Stop it. Like, yeah, because that the second goal could have been stopped. Mm-hmm. But they, when you're standing there putting your hand up, like, and you know, there's nothing you can do at that point. Um, so I mean, it's really hard the rate Stefan. Uh, the two goals were they weren't on him. He made one or two saves late in the match. Uh, other than that, he really didn't have anything to do. A couple crosses to where he came out and he would punch the ball out. Or, he does have good know, command of the defense. I'll give him does. that. And I, I, and I think and I and I think potentially that's the reason why they wanted to keep him in. They just wanted to give him some more time with the defense because they they definitely see him as the number one goalkeeper. Um, and you you know, um, but I think Horvath will definitely get a chance come next year with all all the games we have uh, coming up in twenty twenty one. Um. So it definitely won't be the last time we'll see Ethan Horvath on a, I hope on a U.S. roster. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, just to kind of wrap things up here, two uh, two games that we were very excited about. Um, I know the Panama game uh, got kind of thrown together last minute. Um, it was. More than, any more than the Wales did. This was the, yep. their only uh, friendly. They threw this squad together as fast as they could, which could maybe explain how a 62 scoreline ends up happening. But, we'll, you know, uh, obviously we're happy about the winning a game by four. Um, <laughs> I'm not happy about the two goals because I think they both kind of been avoided. So this yeah. probably could have ended. I don't think it ends 6 nothing if we're up 4 nothing. Um, but, you know, it, it was great to see the kind of offense that we um, showed over – 30 minutes in the first half and 15 minutes in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, overall, a whole camp wise, I, I think it's a positive. Um, a lot of people were hating on the result, like, oh, 0 0 against Wales. You know, if you actually watched the game, you would have been impressed with mm-hmm. certain players, young talent like Sergino Des, Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, Musa ran it. Like a bunch of guys played real good. John Brooks played excellent. Obviously, there's no goals. Um, big part was because we didn't play a true number nine. and the reasoning behind that was because Berhalter just didn't think Giacchini and um, Sebastian Soto were ready for the first game. Um, so yeah. uh, I think they both took that personally and came out. You know, they both got the two goals for this match and be like, all right, well, next time, you know, just, you know, we are ready. We're, you know, we're ready for this. Um, I think overall as a positive, it was a good camp. Every single f- field player on the roster got, got some minutes in the game whether it be five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes at least they all got on the field so they all got their first cap with the squad which is positive you want to be able to give all these guys a cap with the squad um so that's that's a positive you had a bunch of young guys come out there and prove to be a difference especially in this game against panama to where we're only up by one you bring in all the young guys uh sebastian soda richard ledesma and timothy wea and they proved to be the difference to get you the win um so it's definitely great to see all these young guys because these potentially could be other guys that we see for the next 10 years that are playing with McKinney, that play with Adams, that play with Polisic, that play with Brandon, that play with Sargent and Brooks. And, you know, that could potentially be the squad for the next decade. And Exactly. 2022 World Cup, 2026 World Cup. Hell, some of these guys would be here for the 2030 World Cup. Like, not all of them, but a lot of these guys in their teens and 20. Reno will be 28 at the 2030 World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> like well, you yeah. Couldn't be here in the twenty thirty four World Cup. Like, yeah, so. that, and that, that's the crazy part. Um, majority of our players are going to be here for the next two to three World Cups, and I, this is definitely like the golden generation for U.S. soccer right now. Uh, it's it's not even be- not even there. not even because people are playing in Europe. Like, uh, there's always good talent in MLS too, but just the fact that all these guys are at the big clubs starting. In Europe, and it's transitioning to the national team, and it's just a great, great thing to watch. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, um, you know, thank you guys for listening. Uh, just to close out here, great two games. Uh, great, even better second game than the first. Yeah, uh, great we're, camp we're gonna, overall. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we look forward to the next one. And we will talk to you guys a little bit later this week with our big weekend preview. Uh, there's going to be a lot of awesome games with the MLS playoffs kicking off. So I'm going to close yep. things out. Thanks so much, you guys. See ya. See ya.